a listener production. Oh, keep all of this in. This is the first time we've been in the studio and I think it's I made know. us a bit silly. It's made us a bit like, I don't know, we've kind of lost it already. <laughs> We're so excited to be together in person. <gasps> all year we've been doing this remotely, so it's so much fun to oh actually God. be home. There you are, your tan in the flesh. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. Is it okay if I just wear my culottes? Hello and welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find worthy of sharing at a dinner party. Welcome home to Sydney, baby cakes. Gosh, I really am excited to be here. I mean, I do love... The great state of South Australia and the city of Adelaide, but um, it's nice to be in Sydney. This will always be your home. It will, yes. although the humidity can go and jump off a cliff because <laughs> it is something else. When you haven't been living here for a while and then you come back to Sydney, you you notice it in a way that you had had been used to it before. The it's disgusting. Dewy sort of glow actually suits you really well, though. I don't understand why you're complaining. But I can't wear my hair out here because it just goes... Right. <laughs> so, anyway. You're doing the story today. I am, yes. Tell us, please. What's your just the gist that you're giving us? The tale that I'm telling today is about a family of religious extremists who fled uh, persecution by the Soviets by mm. disappearing into the Siberian wilderness and living totally isolated for more than 42 years. I love religious extremists. Oh, yeah. They um, they take it to a new level, these guys. They're called the Lykov family, and one of them is still living there today. Yes. So I read about this lady mm. recently. Like, she was in the news recently-ish. She pops up from time to time, yes. Yes. And so when you mentioned that this is what you wanted to do, I was like, yes, because I read the Daily Mail version, which was probably shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to know more. Awesome. I'm excited. It's it's a good one. And um, it's ongoing. We'll be able to keep providing updates on her over the next few years, I reckon. I mean, she's old though, right? Yeah. So she's the end of the line. Oh, yeah. For them. Last she, one, for She's sure. the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. First we'll do <gasps> breaking news, a breaking news. I got the scoop. I see X-ray, X-ray. Read all about it. A breaking news. Oh, I forgot. It's coming, coming down, down the wire. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put that back in because it's so fun to say. Everyone listening, say it with me right now. It's coming down the wire. <laughs> I'll re- remind you each week. It's very fun to say. Um, okay. Oof, there's a bit of breaking news today. Um, first of all, there was something that I didn't put in the Free Britney episode, and this is why I resisted doing it for so long because it's an ongoing story and mm. the second you do an episode, something new comes up. Mm. So last week, pretty much right after our episode came out, Forbes magazine, which is the business magazine, wrote an article about her money and they were like, hey, by the way... Britney Spears is only worth $60 million Mm. and that does not make any effing sense Mm. because they went through and, like, calculated all the work she's done since her dad took over her conservatorship, all the potential work she could have done comparatively with people like Rihanna, Beyonce, Jessica Simpson. They're all worth from anywhere from, like, 
$200 million up to almost a billion dollars, mm-hmm. Britney Spears is worth, for all the work she has done in her life since 1999, mm. $60 million. Yeah, that didn't add up for me. It does not it add up. It seems really low. Yeah. And Forbes magazine went through and, like, looked into it and they were like, this does not add up. And I've got a quote here <clears throat> that they end the article on, and we'll put the link in the show notes, and I think this kind of sums it up quite well because it's like if he took over her conservatorship, it was his job to do well in this department. Mm. So they say here, no one knows what Brittany would have had had she been in control of her fate and fortune, but it's hard to imagine how she would have done worse than her estranged dad. Mm. Which is the point, isn't it? Uh-huh. If he's the one in charge, shouldn't he be doing better than she could have? Yeah, because, I mean, it seems from her Instagram post, her mental health has been on the decline. Mm-hmm. And Which is also since he's been in charge of exactly. her. So wasn't he meant to be taking care of that as well? So he's not looking after her person. He's not looking after her finances. So why is he still in that position? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It's an interesting article. Um, I recommend everyone go read it. Oh, and also we were both talking about yesterday the movie on Amazon oh, Prime yes. called I Care A Lot mm. with Rosamund, Rosamund Pike. Is that her name? No, that's the wrong person. The girl out of Girl Gone. Gone, Gone Girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible. <laughs> anyway, that one. Mm. It's, a, it's a movie about a woman who does exactly what happened to Britney Spears. Mm. She is a professional conservator and she finds old people who have no family and no friends and she pays off doctors to get herself inserted as their conservator, takes over their affairs, shoves them in a nursing home, gets them medicated and takes all their money. Mm. It's a great, awesome, bizarre, silly, fun. It's actually a fun movie to watch. It's kind of like a comedy thriller. Mm. It's awful what she does to these elderly people. But it does give you quite a clear understanding of what, happened to Britney. Yeah, and it was really good to watch that after hearing about what's going on with Britney to give you that deeper understanding of what a conservatorship really looks like, Mm -hmm. the level of control that they have over every aspect of your life. And if you have people on the take like this woman does and like Jamie allegedly does, (laughs) like this woman in the movie pays off doctors, pays off people at the nursing home, Mm. so everybody is benefiting financially from her taking over these, like, the conservatorship of these people mm. so that there's no way for them to get out of it. Mm. Um, yeah, so definitely watch it if you want a better understanding of what's going on with Free Britney. And no, the documentary Framing Britney is still not available in Australia, mm. but we'll let you know when it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of documentaries, I don't have any detail on this except it's happening, but a Belle Gibson documentary is being made and is coming. Wow. Yes. Oh. I know. That's all I know. I'd forgotten about her. Yeah. That's exciting. Who's she making is, it? Um, she's, I'll just, as a reminder, one of our earliest episodes, mm. I think, is the Australian woman who faked having terminal cancer and then said that she'd cured her terminal brain cancer by eating whole foods mm. and released a whole foods cookbook and made lots and lots of money and then it came out that she'd faked the whole thing. I don't know when. I don't know who's making it. I just saw that it's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you know more when I know. Good. Um, <laughs> did you see that the ABC is also doing a um, Luna Park Ghost Train Fire documentary? What? Yes. A Gisner sent that through to us just this morning. Excusez-moi. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be lots of talk about why they <gasps> believe, certain people believe that there was foul play involved. Inter- 
there's no documentary ever on it. I mm. looked everywhere when I was researching that episode. <gasps> I'm excited. We'll let you know when that comes out as well. Yay. Oh, also, and I saw this literally on the Today Show this morning, like as I was getting ready to come here. So I also don't know a lot about this except it's happening. Netflix has announced that they're making, it's either a movie or a miniseries about the college admission scandal that involved all those celebrities who paid off colleges to get oh. their kids Mm-hmm. And, like, Felicity Huffman went to jail. Lori um, Loughlin. Lori Loughlin, who was, um, what's her name from Full House, mm. went to jail. Yeah, they paid off these colleges to get their kids admitted and Netflix is doing a thing about it. Mm. So, cool. yeah, that's going to be cool. We talked about it last week, I think. Kim Ye announced their divorce. Oh, it's official. It's official. Ah. Didn't you know that? No. Oh, okay. No. I thought you read the news now, Jacob. Yeah, it's sporadically. I've been stuck in the Siberian wilderness <laughs> research for this week. Okay. They, on good terms? They they are saying that it's on good terms. They're going to, they've agreed to split custody of the kids 50-50. Mm. They're apparently almost done dividing up their, what is combined something like almost $2 billion oh. fortune. Mm. And, yeah, it's happening. And, you know, a lot of people have speculated when the moment was that Mm. she decided because apparently she stopped wearing her wedding ring a lot sooner than he did. And a lot of people have said, like, they think it was his presidential run or when he said that slavery was a choice or what what do you think? what, What do you think cinched it for her? I would imagine that he's been spending a lot of time at his church. He's got his own private church, right? Yes, and he's in like Wyoming, the pastor I think. there. Yeah. So at, with as little knowledge as I have, I would think that that would be something that could really start mm. to cause a major rift because he's really starting to see himself as what, like a saint? Kind a of, spiritual yeah. leader? At his church where he sells um, like $400 pairs of socks that just has a cross on them mm. and probably says Kanye, but... You know what I think the moment was? What? Well, because technically they might have been still together up until October because he went to her 40th birthday party, Mm. which was in October. And I think the moment that cinched it was at that 40th birthday party when he had a hologram of her dead father oh, made. yes. Who said oh. that you are so lucky mm. to be married to the, count them, <laughs> most, 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 five most <laughs> genius man in the entire world. Got this. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye. <gasps> Kanye. Yeah. Kanye. Yeah. That was like, how could you do something that thoughtful for someone, but then make it about, like, if my wife's father was alive Mm. or if he had one chance to come down from heaven and say, (laughs) speak to her for one minute, what would he say? (laughs) You are married to the most, most, (gasps) most, most, most (laughs) genius man in the world. I personally think that was the moment. Where she was like, I'm Audi 5000. Oh, my God. People are going to be studying him for decades to I know. come. I know. He's so fascinating. He really is. And, like, it's honestly, like, the only reason he's not a villain is because he hasn't started, like, killing lots of people yet. Mm. I mean, he's to me, his story at the moment is exactly the same as someone like Jim Jones. Oh, that's what I expect is going to happen Yeah, next. like, and so it it hasn't happened yet and it may not ever happen, but... Their stories are 
kind of parallel right now in the way they've become kind of egomaniacs running their own flocks and mm-hmm. anyway. Mm. I'm calling it now. He will establish a <laughs> compound and things are gonna then start to go downhill from there. It's gonna be a, as soon as there's as soon as the word compound comes yeah. into the conversation, <laughs> you know something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> Kanye's compound. Uh oh. <laughs> the other thing is, okay, so Harry and Meghan kind of dissed the Queen. How? So, you know how like they said last year, it was like a year ago now that they wanted to step away as royals and be like half royals mm. and half in the US making money and doing whatever. Yeah. And the Queen was like, no, you're either all in or you're all or you're all out, mm. but let's give it a year and then reassess. So it was pretty much a year since that happened. And the Queen, I guess because they'd been talking behind the scenes, the Queen released a statement saying, you know, they have decided to step away fully. Mm. It's not possible to do both. Like you either need to commit to a life of public service or like not. Mm. So I need to strip them of their royal patronages, like which apparently is quite heartbreaking for Harry because he loves being the boss of the patron of the army. And Mm -hmm. I think he's the patron of like some rugby thing or I don't know, whatever. (laughs) And so the Queen's statement said um, because they wanted to step back, they, quote, could not continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with the life of public service. But then she also said, like, we love them dearly, they're part of our family, blah, 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 Mm. blah. And then literally a few minutes later, Harry and Meghan released this statement that was kind of snippy, Mm. to be honest, and it was just like, we're going to do our charities and blah, blah, blah. And then the last line was, service is universal. Anyone can live a life of service, signed Harry and Meghan. <laughs> and it was just a bit like, get effed, Granny. <laughs> I found it quite snippy. And I'm on their side. What's I the like point them. that they're making, though? I don't know. It was just like, that's not the same. Like, she's saying you're not public servants. Mm. You're not getting a, like, set salary as working as part of the royal family mm. doing public service. Mm-hmm. Like, you're choosing to go off and do like, yeah, probably philanthropy and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's not why we why would you be snippy like that? Uh, I don't know enough about it to comment, really. And I am on their side. I'm like, yes, get away from the royal family. Mm. That's an effed up system. I go to America, clean break. live your life, do what you want. Well, they wanted a break, but they also didn't. They wanted to be half still in. Right. I think it's important to him to still be, you know, royal and Mm-hmm. be in charge of all the charities he was in charge of and stuff in so the So does UK. that mean he's no longer a prince? No, the, he's still a prince and they're still and she's like they're still the duke and duchess but they're just not I don't yeah, I don't know the full details. Mm-hmm. But they're no longer working members of the royal family. Right. So there are certain things that they won't be allowed to do like like certain I'm pretty sure in like you know certain ceremonies they'll sit in a different row. Mm. You know, really important things like that. What a demotion! Yeah. <laughs> so, is he still in line for the crown? Um. Yes, oh. I think so, but mm. I doubt he would take it. But um, and then I saw them on TV this morning. They've done their first TV spot in a while. They released an ad for their new podcast, like their new Spotify deal, oh, yeah. and it was mm. just so wanky. It was so many buzzwords. It was like we created Archwell Audio. 
because we believe in communicating and storytelling. <laughs> and then he comes in and community and sharing and empowerment. Yeah, it was literally just a bunch of words. And then there was like shots of the beach and shots of a, of a road in the desert. And I was like, what is this, guys? Mm. This is so wanky. Uh, like, anyway. It'll be huge for them, though. Oh, well, They've got I'll such a following. To, I'll listen to the first one just to hear it. Mm. But like I said last week, I'm no, zero interest. Mm. I just can't believe the monarchy is still around. I really can't. Anytime I hear anything about it, mm. it's just such an archaic institution. Mm. It makes such little sense. It's they're animals in a zoo, basically. Well, I mean, it's um we talk about you're wrong about the podcast all the time, but um Michael Hobbs, the co-host of that show, had a really interesting point. He said that he thinks, or maybe it was Sarah who said it, one of the two of them said it, mm. that they believe that children being born into the royal family is a human rights violation. It's not fair to mm. have children born into a situation like that. Mm. You're, you're, you're being born into a situation where you're forced to live a certain way, you yeah. know, like an animal in a zoo. It's anyway, yeah. awful. Um, and then a lot of people asked me to explain the Facebook thing here in Australia because Facebook mm. said they're not going to put any news in our news feeds anymore because our government has been like, pay us for news mm. stuff. And as you can tell, I don't really get it. So I'm not going to explain <laughs> it to you. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I mean, I get the basic concept of what's happening, but it's also still in flux. Mm. Facebook is in talks with our government and it might change by next week. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to sit on it for a bit, probably call the smartest person I know, Jamila Rizvi, and we'll just... You know, mm. so yeah, we should get her <laughs> well, hot just, take on this yes, actually because yeah. I don't get it, yeah. I really don't get it, and I kept trying to research it and not really understanding it. And finally, Jacob, my love, you and I did something very fancy last night. Oh, didn't we just? Yes, yeah, we yeah. went to the opera. <laughs> oh. It's the reason, um, I'm here in Sydney because I in 2019 started writing reviews for Opera Australia. Mm. And I called my little review column for them sneakers at the opera because mm. I would always wear sneakers. And I was, you know, trying to just like show it's it's actually really cool and, and a fun thing to do. I think people think it's just a lot of old people in ball gowns, yep. but it's it's not. It's cool, it's fun. And so I was doing that in 2019. And then obviously last year there was no opera. Mm. And so last night was the first one that was back up again and they wanted me to come write about it. So I invited dear lovely Jacob. My first time. Your first yes, time. Yes, I popped my opera cherry. Yes. Um, you did start giggling as soon as it started because oh, yeah, you were so overwhelmed. <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's like a feast of just, of, of colour and, mm. and, 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 music and death, like it's just, it's it's a lot on your senses. Absolutely, but yeah. But in it's an in amazing way, like the yeah. curtains go up and the, we saw Tosca, mm. which is um a Puccini opera, Italian, that's mm -hmm. Italian, yes. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's all, you know, there's a woman who's jealous, some people die, I mean, I'm not giving anything away, that's just opera. Mm. Um, this one's set in the time of World War II, so there's like um, Nazi soldiers and it's all happening, but it is, gorgeous like it's this huge sets and just crazy amounts of dancers mm. and at one point like 20 little kids run out and start singing and it 
It was fun. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, yeah. but in a good way. Oh, I could even just watch the conductor. Yes. He was <laughs> yes. incredible. There's like, there's extra, then there's Nicolas Cage, and then <laughs> five conductor. rungs above him is this conductor. <laughs> I've never seen someone use every single muscle in their body quite like that. Um, yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was amazing. And, I, and at one moment, like, we kind of looked at each other during intermission and we were like, wow, are we grown-ups? Like, you're... 36, I'm 34, and here we are at the opera. Like, is this is this what people is this what people do? Well, yeah. well this is what we do. Mm. Yeah, it was fun, and it was a real eye opener as well. Because yes, there were some people in ball gowns mm. and really like next level outfits. Yeah. There were people who had bedazzled face masks with matching bedazzled mm. shoes. Um, but men, then there, there were, were men in black tie. But then there was also. T-shirts, hoodies, thongs, us. us. I mean, we were pretty, I always wear sneakers. We were pretty casually dressed. Like you kind of, the opera is great because you just get the whole spectrum mm. of people going and it's, um, yeah, it's just cool. It's a cool thing to do. Mm. It, it's the kind of big show that gives you butterflies because yeah. it just is so overwhelmingly powerful and fun and you get caught up in the room and, yeah, so I love reviewing the opera and that's why I was here in Sydney doing that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll do some more of them so you can come with. Yeah, I'd love to. And I guess that's breaking news. <gasps> Just one final thing we have oh, to tell everyone. What? You have got to find a way to watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you told me about it. I watched it that night. I've since watched it another four times. <laughs> it is perfect. Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. and another actress whose name, name I forgot. Yeah, she's amazing. Everyone who's in it is phenomenal. Perfect. Jamie Dornan yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, it's a real tit flapper. It's a real tit flapper. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, um, find a way to watch it. Definitely. Mm. Um, okay. Do-do-do-do-do. Breaking news. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I love the ones where I get to relax. Okay. Tell us your story about the <sighs> religious extremist Siberian lady. I was about to say husky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ready? We're starting in 1936 Mm -hmm. and there are a married couple, Karp and his wife, Akulina Lykov. They were living in a teeny tiny little village that had just one street and their entire community were um, old believers. So they're a type of Russian Orthodox Christian who have been persecuted for centuries. You know, when you watch The Great and Mm -hmm. um, they bring in that law where men have to shave off their beards. Yes. That's because they're old, old believers. Old believers. Yeah. yeah. So they were clinging on to this religion already as the 20th century began mm-hmm. and they'd already sort of been moved into the outskirts of civilization. And then the Soviets took over and mm. the Soviets were just trying to turn everyone into atheists. So they yeah. were trying to eliminate all religion altogether. So they were very much living in fear in this community. And mm. then the inciting incident that starts all of this off is... um. Karp sees his brother be executed by Soviet soldiers one day and decides that they are going to have to flee if they ever want to have any sort of freedom Mm. um, and probably to protect their lives because old believers in particular were being persecuted. They were being hunted down and executed or they were being imprisoned. In a lot of cases, they were being tortured until they renounced their religion (laughs) as well. So it was very much a bad situation that he was wanting to flee. So Mm. he together with his wife, packed up their two kids. They had a nine-year-old and a two-year-old. 
and they took as much as they could possibly carry and head out into the Siberian wilderness, knowing full well they were never coming back. This wasn't just a ride it out for a little while situation. They took... We are going. Yeah. A saw, an axe, as many seeds as they could get their hands on. Um, They even took a spinning wheel so that they could make their own cloth and fabric. Still skin. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Sleeping Beauty to begin with. Man, um, isn't religion just peaceful and lovely? Yeah. (laughs) Never Mm, hurt anyone. It's never the root of any problems at all, especially not when you've got extremists involved in this. Wow. Okay. So they were like, let's just go. And they were the kind of people who were the opposite to us and knew what they needed to take and how they needed to survive on their own. They'd thought it through. I mean, they'd already been living in a community where they were relatively self-sufficient anyway. But yeah, they just removed themselves completely to escape danger and they kept moving for years. They never stayed in the one place. Just in the woods, like in the wilderness. Yeah. Setting up campsites. But isn't it? Crazy next level freezing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In January and February, the average temperature is minus 30 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So how, I mean, I guess they're used, they have lived, grown up there. Yeah. But I mean, in at least some shelter. That's right. Yeah. So what, how are they surviving? Yeah. It's incredible, especially when you're thinking like young kids as well. And did they do what Leonardo DiCaprio did in The Revenant and just like kill a bear and sleep inside it? Like stuff like that? They actually didn't hunt. For the first few years. Yeah. It wasn't until one of their kids grew up and figured out a way that they could hunt because they didn't bring any weapons with them mm. and they had not actually been brought up in families that hunted. So no, they instead were running away from the bears because there's eating. a heck of a lot of them. Uh, stuff that they were finding like along foraging. the way. Exactly. Foraging. Yeah. That's a word you don't use often. Okay. So they've, they're in the wilderness, mm-hmm. moving from place to place. Yes. They really believed that they were being hunted, which was why they kept moving for the first few years. Uh But then Akalina fell pregnant. So they decided, okay, we're going to have to settle somewhere um, and set up a little home for ourselves. The place where they ultimately settled is 250 kilometres from the nearest form of civilization. They'd moved a long way. Oh, yeah. And Siberia is huge, by the way. It's double the size of Australia. What? Yeah. It's nearly 14 Whoa. million square kilometres. Australia's 7 million square kilometres. Yeah. That's big. It's huge and extreme weather. Um, yeah. And, you know, so many things that want to kill you there. That's why they set up the gulags, the Soviet work camps mm. in that area of the world. Um, anyway, that's where they'd chosen that they were going to make their home. So they built a proper shelter and they started up a little farm and started farming vegetables in 1940, she gave birth to a, a third child, Dimitri. So this son. has been five years. Four years so four, far. Oh, 1936. So mm. four years. Yeah. Far out. Yeah. She wasn't expecting to fall pregnant again because she was already in her 40s. And then she was even more shocked to fall pregnant once again with their fourth child, no. Agafia. Yeah. In 1944. So those kids born in the wilderness and, of course, only ever knew life yeah. in the wilderness. All of the kids were very much indoctrinated into the Orthodox faith. They were pretty much brainwashed from the day that they were born. Uh The only books that they had to read were prayer books and a 400-year-old Bible that they'd taken with them, which is their most precious possession. It looks like, you know, when um, Joe Biden swore in at the inauguration. Yeah, it looked like the Necromicon from Evil Dead. Like the um, book from Hocus Pocus. 
True. Yes, yes. exactly like that. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. um, can you explain a little about, if you maybe you're going to, what that involves, that old Orthodox, Russian Orthodoxy? It is. Is it like a certain amount of praying or like what is? It is dogma. It is purely just based on dogma. I wasn't going to go into this, yeah. but it is actually kind of but interesting to point out. But I'm just interested to, to know like if that's what they're devoting their days to, mm. then what does that look like? Their schism that happened in the Orthodox Church that then led people to say, no, we are going to be old believers. It is literally what position do you hold your fingers in when you perform the sign of the cross? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And not dumb at it's all. how many times you say Alleluia in one particular prayer. Like, it is just the, the fine print things. details that they have decided that is the hill that they are going to die on. They are not going to renounce the traditions. The way that it led to the schism was someone said, you know what, we've got Greek Orthodox and we've got Russian Orthodox. Let's just try to blend them together yeah. and compromise somewhere in the middle. And the old believers just went, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. So it's just like. It, it kind of sounds a bit like Catholicism, I guess, or is it? Even more extreme than Even more extreme. Yeah. So a lot of symbolism, a lot of saints, yes. a lot of excessive praying. Yes. Okay. A lot of everything is a sin and so you're yes. constantly having to redeem yourself for the sins that you inadvertently commit. So yeah. not only are they off in the wilderness, but they're they're doing that. Oh, yeah. That's grim. Mm-hmm. That's All day, every day. very grim. Yes. Okay. So the only reality that these kids knew was what their father was indoctrinating them with, Mm. which is we're being persecuted, we're being hunted, you need to be scared, and this faith is the most important thing in the world. And is this, at this point, kind of like that Brendan Fraser movie, Blaster in the Past, where he and his parents, a plane crashes into their house, so they go down into their bomb shelter that they built in the 60s because everyone had was scared of nuclear war back then. Mm. And they stay down there for 30 years because that's how long they think it takes for nuclear ah. poison to leave the air. And then they come up and realise the world has gone on and know it was an accident. And so is it kind of like they think people are chasing them so they've gone into the wilderness right. but no one actually yep. is? Yep. <gasps> Yes. It's like the Russian Orthodox blast from the past. That's right. It's a great yes. movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Everyone yeah. should watch it. Ah, <laughs> oh, so no one's following them. Oh, no, 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 no one's out there looking for them. No. no. So life, of course, was very difficult. Yeah. Food management was their number one priority. So spring and summer, very, very short mm. in yeah. Siberia. And they would just have to spend all day, every day getting prepared for the next winter. Mm. Winter was always around the corner. They would wake up before sunrise and then the entire day would be fishing, foraging, planting crops, tending to the crops and praying the entire time as well. You don't even have podcasts. Oh, yeah. Their only form of entertainment, this was the worst thing for me. No, they would recount their dreams to each other. (laughs) Isn't it terrible when people do that? (laughs) That is... Torture. That is torture. torture. That is torture. And oh my god, Caleb does that to me all the time, and I want to smack <laughs> his face. Nobody cares about anybody else's dreams. They are interesting to you and only you. If you oh. are ever telling your dream to someone and they keep going, oh, that's crazy. Mm. Someone saying that's crazy is They're the international listening. sign of I am not listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, what torture. I know. Luckily, they very rarely had any form of downtime, but when they did, that was the way that they entertained themselves because they didn't have books and they weren't coming up with stories and they had also been brought up to believe dancing, 
is a sin. Oh, Any no. form of music that's not a Singing prayer, a sin. sin. Yeah. <gasps> so there was just no time for anything that was idle or fun for them. And when can you ever sing and it doesn't matter that you're shit more than when you're in the wilderness? Yeah, right. <laughs> what a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Um, so instead their time was spent making their own fabric from hemp, um, making their own clothes. They had to make shoes out of bark because they didn't have leather or anything else. So every couple mm. of days they were having to make new shoes. What was their um, little house made out of, like logs? Like trees? Yeah, yeah, trees that they'd felled. Okay. Yeah. And it was like a little hovel. They only built it to be as big as they actually needed it to be. Only one window, which is the size <gasps> of like an envelope uh! as well, because they don't really want it to be very well ventilated. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's true for warmth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, they were just doing what they needed to do to survive. Every day was just about survival and about prayer. So a pretty grim existence. When the girls hit puberty, the father decided that he was scared that there was going to be incest happening. And so he built a second house for the boys to go and live in a few hundred metres away to keep them away from the girls. And uh, like I said, they just lived in abject terror all the time. And Agafia remembers one time when she was six years old, a plane started flying around their valley and they thought, this is it, they've found us. <gasps> and so they spent days bunkered down expecting that they were going to be invaded by the Soviets at any point and then dragged off this, to prison. So this really is a kind of cult level, mm-hmm. what do they call it, um, folia however many of them there are. So a folly adieu is when two people are sharing a delusion. Is that what it is? Folly adieu? No, that's a musical. Something adieu. <laughs> La I, I don't know. Anyway, um, no, I think it is folly, folly adieu. Okay. Genuinely doesn't matter. Know. It's a thing where a, gr- a group of people share in a delusion mm. and it's like ha- there's been some quite famous cases of people who like two or three people think that someone's coming to get them. And in this case it's... This whole family are convinced mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. But because of the parents. So it's also kind of like a hostage situation. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Mm. In 1961, something pretty tragic happened. They had had a really terrible yield from their crop that summer because mm. there'd been a freak snowstorm that came along. And so they had hardly any food. Akalina knew that they probably weren't going to have enough to get them through the winter. And so when winter came, she just stopped eating so that there would be more food to go around all four of her kids. And sure enough, she did starve to death, which would have been such a horrible way to go. Didn't they notice? I mean, that doesn't happen in a day. They somehow allowed her to just not eat. And yeah, I mean, they... What's his name? Well, I did think he obviously didn't do a lot to sacrifice himself. Yeah. yeah. He let his wife I mean, why did that sacrifice. He and her eat half of what they were eating. Mm. Why does she have to be the one? Yeah. I mean, they all did You know why, that. Jacob? <laughs> why, Rosie? Gender <laughs> dynamics. Just saying. Yeah. I'm sure they would have had some sort of belief because he was kind of like their spiritual leader. He yeah. baptized the kids. He did the sermons. God. He was Made himself, more important. Men will make themselves a god no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> he's like the Russian Orthodox Kanye. <laughs> Look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. I'm going to start calling him Carpier yeah. now. He just needs to start selling $400 socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
here we go. So they all sort of narrowly survived that winter yeah. and then just got back into their usual routines without Aquilina and they kept up that lifestyle for another 17 years <gasps> before finally they were discovered by okay, the outside world. Give me all their ages at this point. The youngest was 34. Whoa. By and the time they were found in 1978. So there's four kids, the mm-hmm. youngest of whom is 34. That's right. Whoa. Yeah. The eldest was in his 50s, seven. And, and so the dad would have been an old man. Yeah. By the time they were discovered, Carpier was 79 years old, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. How were they discovered? Oh, I'm so into this. So... Um, A helicopter pilot was out scouting for locations where he'd be able to land. He was Mm -hmm. working with a group of Soviet geologists that were out trying to find areas in Siberia where they would be able to mine and drill for oil. And so he was just trying to find a landing spot on Mm -hmm. his own. And he looked down, saw a clearing and recognised rows of crops, which seemed so bizarre because, again, 250 k's in the middle of nowhere. And so he flew back to the camp of geologists and said, I've spotted something kind of strange. And they all debated, should we go and check it out? Because it could be quite dangerous coming up, coming across a stranger in the wilderness. But their curiosity got the better of them. So they voted, all right, let's go and check this out. They hiked about 15 Ks. And on the way, they started to see more and more signs of human habitation And then finally, by the way, they brought guns because they thought this could actually be a really hairy situation. Well, it could be a crazy Jim Jones cult. Mm -hmm. They had no idea what they were going to encounter. Yeah. They also brought gifts in case they were friendly Mm -hmm. people so that they could ingratiate themselves with them. Were they, the family, on alert because of the helicopter and they were like, they're coming, That's finally. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they were freaking. That's right. Yeah. And then they heard them coming along because the old geologists brought dogs with them as well. Okay, yeah. And so finally they ended up reaching the clearing that the helicopter pilot had seen yeah. and discovered the shelter that the family was living in. Yeah. Obviously someone was home, there was smoke coming out of the chimney, but they couldn't see inside because there was just that, that one tiny yeah. window. So they called out a few times and sort of stood back at a respectable distance and waited and waited and waited. (gasps) And then obviously Carpier realised, okay, it's going to happen at some point. And so he opened the door and out he came and he looked exactly like you would imagine. Mm. He's been in the forest for 42 years And he's like 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Very long straggly beard. His (gasps) clothes are just tatters and he's a skeleton of a man. Does he look like Rasputin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ah. yeah. You can imagine what his teeth look like, what all <gasps> of their teeth look like. Anyway, he basically said, look, you've come all this way. You might as well come in. So the geologists went inside, were horrified by what they saw once their eyes adjusted to the dark <gasps> because me. it was putrid. It absolutely stank. And the two girls, and I say girls, but we're talking about a 34-year-old yeah. and a 44-year-old, they were huddled up in the corner of the the house just wailing. They were certain that this was it. Finally, they were going to be tortured. They were going to be executed. This was what they'd been anticipating their entire Ah. life. So they just kept praying and saying, this is for our sins. This we deserve. It's finally happened. Um, But they blamed (laughs) themselves for this happening, but they were praying to God for mercy and praying to the geologist for mercy. This is because we got our period. (laughs) I bet that's what they think. (laughs) <laughs> probably been told something along those lines, yes. Anyway, the geologists were sort of like, what, what was yeah. going on here? So they went outside, 
regrouped, sat down a few hundred metres away, set up a picnic for themselves (laughs) and just (laughs) waited until finally Carp, the girls and the two brothers who had come down Mm. from um, their dwelling came and met with the geologists properly, started communicating with them. Um, The geologists tried to be as friendly as they possibly could. They offered food. Did the family they speak said no. the same language? They, yes. Okay. However, for all of the kids in particular, their language was very distorted sure. by this time. So it took a while before they could actually figure out how to understand them. The way that they spoke, it was sort of, they described it as a cooing and it was very sort of slurred and they had a very mm. strange choice of language because they'd been taught two languages, Russian yeah. and Old Slavonic, and they'd sort of yeah. intermix okay. the two of them. So over the course of the 42 years, they'd kind of created their own dialect. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, at first they thought these people are mentally disabled, but then the better that they got to know them, the more they came to realise you're actually very capable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They offered them food. Yeah. And like a family refused it because that would be sinful for them to accept that. What isn't a sin? Oh. <laughs> I don't, like, what isn't a sin? Praying. That's all. I Praying bet, and like, working. I bet you have to, like, pray for an hour after you take a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, everything is literally a sin. Wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's in their rule book, yes. Oh, my God. They wouldn't accept any of the gifts that the geologists brought yeah. until they offered them salt because... Carp remembered salt quite well. Oh, of course, when it's something he wants. Mm -hmm. Of course. And they hadn't had salt for the entire time that they had been there. So they willingly accepted the salt. And then after a while, the two youngest were the first ones to kind of warm up to the geologists. Mm -hmm. So Dimitri and Agafia, they'd never met anyone who wasn't a family member in their entire life. And they were obviously just fascinated by the dogs and fascinated by their clothes yeah, and fascinated wow. by their tools and the language that they spoke. Um, so they were the ones that started to interact the most with the geologist yeah. over the course of the next few weeks because the geologists would keep coming and visiting them every couple of days. And then it reached a point where Dimitri and Agafia convinced the entire family, let's go and have a look at their camp. Mm. So that was then once they got there, the first time that they discovered that electricity existed. They had no Whoa. idea. They'd never seen a television ever. Yeah. Of course, that was the most devilish thing they'd oh ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, the pleasure that's in for them, I can't even tell. Oh. That is the greatest gift. Yeah, no, she was horrified. Agatha oh. said it was just the most foul, vile thing she'd ever seen because she saw a boxing match. And, Ooh, you know, okay. of yeah. course, that's the type of violence that God would not condone. Yeah. Um, and Carp was horrified to see women dancing when they should have been oh. sewing, cooking, cleaning, or doing some or form of work. Sitting in their periods. <laughs> like, that's... And praying for mm. having them. Mm. Yeah. So can I ask, they went to look at the geologist's camp. camp. Yep. Were they figuring out at this point that they hadn't been hunted this entire time? Or Yeah. Yep. So they were like, wow, we've done this for nothing? Yep. When did um, they realise that? Probably when they found out that Stalin had died and that the Christian purges were long over because oh, they had wow. no idea. Yeah. Also, when they found out that World War II happened, started and finished, and they had absolutely <laughs> no idea. Oh, my God. Same for the Vietnam War, same for the Korean War. So many things had happened. 
they'd sent a man to the moon and they just had absolutely no idea about any of this. Cher had happened. Cher is only two years younger than Agafia. What? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to put a side-by-side of them on Instagram, I think, because visually it's striking how different they look. But I... And so they're like, okay, we've lived in the wilderness for 40 whatever years and for nothing. And you Mm -hmm. just go, well, shit. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the geologists then thought, surely they're going to want to leave. They're going to want to come back to civilization. But Carp was still too scared. And I guess all the rest of them were still too brainwashed. Too indoctrinated. Yeah. They knew that there were still communists out there. And they figured that the rest of the world was just full of too much sinfulness. They'd seen the television. And if there's more (laughs) of that out there, then we don't want anything to do with it. No, thank you. So they decided they were going to stay. Yeah. Gradually, they did start to accept more and more gifts. So yeah. they actually gave them livestock, like goats and chicken and mm-hmm. stuff. They gave them glass to make windows for their home, started giving them lots of food as well. They accepted help from people to come and do the farming with them as well. Was this at the time like a big news story? Oh, yeah. Like huge. it was huge. Yeah. yeah. Globally, yes. Wow. And I mean, in terms of timing, they probably would have died very soon if the geologists hadn't shown up. When they were checked out medically, they were not doing very well because they'd had a really harsh diet, they'd had really terrible lives. So this completely changed their lives for the better and also for the worse, Mm -hmm. and I'll explain that in a moment. One of the geologists who came and started spending time with them over the next few years was a guy called Yerefi Sadov. Um, he got there in 1979 and he started to develop a real attachment to Agafia in Ooh, particular. Um, he had a bit of a crush on her and he turned into a bit of a sex pest. No, oh, men. Yes. Why are men? Mm. Oh, always. <laughs> um, she fought him off when he tried to rape her. And she told her father and then she was told that she had to forgive him. So he kept being a part of, of the entire it was family's her life. Fault. Yes. You have a vagina, so <laughs> it's your fault you tempted him. What were you wearing, Agafia? Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Um, P.S. She always wears two headscarves as well, so that there's no risk of her hair or ears becoming visible oh because they're too provocative. Yeah. More and more reporters started coming to visit them as well because it was such a huge news story. So they kind of became a destination. And all of a sudden they were having all this interaction with strangers from the outside world. And this, um, I rem- when I remember reading about this, there was something about um, either the government or I don't know, but there was this kind of agreement put in place that they would keep the land around them kind of Protected. Protected. Yes. Mm. So did they decide that quite early on to just let them stay there? Yeah. 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 Okay. In return, they basically had to give access to whoever wanted access to them. Right. I guess. Okay. Which meant they did have a lot more interaction than they'd ever had. And that meant coming in contact with a lot of diseases they had no immune system to. So in the space of a couple of weeks, the three eldest children all died. (gasps) The entire family got very, very ill at one point. Within a couple of weeks of... Of the geologists arriving? No, no, a couple of years. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Oh my god. A couple of weeks of each other. Oh right. Okay. But like because of diseases. Discovered in seventy-eight, and then in nineteen eighty-one, three of them, boom, 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 all dead in the space of a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's commonly believed that it was because of diseases that had been brought yeah. in from the outside world. They did all have pneumonia and pneumonia killed one of them. Mm. The cause of death for two of them, though, was actually ruled 
as kidney failure mm-hmm. because there was a bit of controversy around the world about if you had just left them alone, they would be fine. Oh, so it was so they were like, oh, as a tragedy. kidney failure. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. The geologists, when they all fell sick, they tried to get them to agree to be flown to hospital for treatment. But of course, with the brainwashing that they had, they said, whatever is God's will, we just have to trust. And if we're going to die, we're going to die. But God's will was to invent hospitals and ways to fly (laughs) into them and to send the geologists there to help you. You make a solid argument. Yeah. After the other three died and it was just Agafia and Carp who were left, the geologists really thought, surely you'll come and move back to a village now. You can't just stay here, the two of you. But they refused. They wanted to stay. You would if you believed in this evil conspiracy that you had been trying to protect yourselves from for almost 50 years. And then the second you meet people from civilization, three of you die. You go... (laughs) Told you. (laughs) Like. We're good here. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Mm. From 1982, a series of articles were coming out every single year. A journalist called Vasily Peskov would go and spend a few weeks with them Mm -hmm. every year and then publish lengthy updates. Oh, my God, I want to read all of them. He's so into this. compiled them into a book, which then came out in 1994, He was going there for a full decade to spend time with them and he sort of became the authority on the Lykovs from that point onwards. God, how old is Karp by this point? In his 80s, yeah. Old? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. He lived a remarkably long life for someone who had such a hard-going existence. Whenever articles would come out from Vasily Peskov, there would be queues out the door of news agents and shops that were selling the newspapers that it was being published in. They were like the phenomena of Russia and continued to be well after Karp finally died, which was in 1988. At what age? Um, Can someone do quick maths? I think he, 88, 88 or 87. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. he was born in 1900 or 1901. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so pretty Sorry, good innings. Sorry, like, give you an on-the-spot maths question. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad, sorry. Um, old, almost 90. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, wow. So he and Agafia both got very, very sick at one point. As he was dying and she could tell that these were his final days, she asked him, when you're gone, should I stay here or should I go and find other old believers to go and live with? Please tell me. He told her to stay, didn't he? He did. Yes. He said, you need to stay and you need to try to find someone to come and live with you. How? If she's there. She started writing letters to other old believers around the world saying, can someone please come and help? I can't do this on my own. Did she just address them to old believers and throw them into the wind? Like, how did she know? (laughs) How did she know where to send them? There are communities of old believers scattered all around the world, actually. Okay, and so the people people coming to visit her were helping. That's right. Obviously. Okay. Um, The geologists and the journalists were still spending time with them. So she wasn't just living in complete isolation all year round. Yeah. Funnily enough, no takers on her request to come Mm. and live with her in the middle of the Siberian wilderness. Then shortly after Karp died, I'm not entirely sure what the motivation was behind this, but the Soviets paid for Agafia to go on a one-month tour of the entire Soviet Union. Really? Yes. I don't know whether their motivation was firstly to show her, look at what's happened in the modern world Mm. and look at how wonderful the empire of the Soviets is, Or was it a PR stunt to sort of say, 
look, we've reconciled now. In the past, there were all these horrible things like the Mm. Christian purges, but the Soviet Union is now so much more sophisticated than that. Agafia has forgiven us and we're welcoming her back into society. Well, it's probably a bit of both, isn't it? Probably. I mean, knowing that this family hated the Russian government and were terrified of them so much that they went and hid in the wilderness doesn't look great for them. So just to get her out there and be like, we're buddies now. Yeah, we're all part of the same great nation. Yeah. She absolutely hated it. Oh, Every really? single moment of it. She got very, very sick because of mm. the pollution in the air. The water made her really unwell. But spiritually, it just hurt her so much to see the oh, way really? that people were living out there in all the cities oh, yeah. that she visited. Um, and to know that there were so many atheists in the world. And this was just more proof to her that the apocalypse is right around the corner. Yeah. And so she just couldn't wait to get back home, even though people were sort of hoping she would integrate Mm. back into society and they'd have more access to her. Like, Dad was right. He was just 50 years off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 1989, she kind of made an attempt at marriage for the first time. (gasps) Ooh. So at this point, she's 45 years old. Uh And a man called Ivan moved out to live with her and they were sort of informally engaged. Mm Mm-hmm. That only lasted four days because, well, guess what the worst thing would be that he could do to her? Try and have sex with her. Rape her. Yes. Did he try to rape her? He raped her. Oh, he did rape her. Yes, that's right. (sighs) He'd been making come on after come on after come on. And then, yes, finally he did. No. Poor guy. This made her suicidal. She seriously considered taking her own life. Well, A, this awful thing happened to her. But B, she now thinks that she is dirty and ruined. Yeah. According to her, she thought religion. she was going to hell now yes. because she was not married, married. and yeah, yeah <gasps> her virginity was taken <sighs> away from her. She told people he was then taken away. We don't know what happened to him from that point onwards. Oh, whether I, he ended up in just, jail or not. Oh, I heard, I thought she's like he was taken away, but she just like axed him to the head. <laughs> no, she wouldn't do that though. No, God, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so not. he was taken away. Yes, <gasps> the authorities came and got him. Yes. Dirty piece of shit. I know. Really, really foul. Um, He, by the way, was an old believer as well, so should have been as devout as she was, but, um, yeah, still had those urges that she just couldn't control. What if she was wearing a sexy headscarf? (laughs) Men can't help their urges. You might have seen a bit of ankle. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Did you hear about that effing teacher at a girls' private school last week? who told girls to um, dress. I think they'd had like a a free dress day or something. Mm. And she told them to dress more conservatively because it was unfair to put the male teachers in a position where they would be aroused by them. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And (laughs) the female principal who said that, let's stress that, a Mm. female in a position of power that you would think would be a little more woke than that. And she has since doubled down. She won't even... Anyway, I just... Mm. Mm, And that was last week. So you can imagine (laughs) an old Russian Orthodox religious person, like what they would think about... uh, Whose fault this was. Yes. Anyway, to try to redeem herself, she decided that she was going to try her hand at becoming a nun. So for the... One and only time she decided to leave her home. Yeah, she is, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But she decided to actually go and... um, live in a convent, Mm. be officially baptised by someone who wasn't her father Mm -hmm. um, and start doing more to teach the faith to um, 
other people that they were trying to recruit into the old believer mm. dogmatic system. She thought that they were going to get along great, but it turned out that all the things that she'd been taught by her father were just ever so slightly different from what they believed in this old <laughs> believer's <laughs> nunnery. And so that was very upsetting to her and yeah. she was not going to budge on the things that she believed to be true. So after a couple of months, she moved right back to her cabin mm. and decided that the best that she would be able to do would just continue to spread the faith to people who came to visit her. So she continued to just be very, very welcoming to right. journalists, scientists, anyone who wanted to come and spend time with her. And when I say scientists, they were studying the type of potato that they had been growing because that had special qualities to it mm. because it was like totally differently evolved from every other wow. type of potato on the planet. So, so fascinating. she had a lot of people coming to see her and especially after the book came out in 1994, yeah. just tourists would come and make pilgrimages to her because it was this curiosity that people wanted to go and meet Agafia and wanted to go and stay on her property, her compound. Yeah, wow. And she was being pretty well looked after as well. So park rangers would come every couple of months yep. and they were bringing gifts for her mm -hmm. that were being sent from all around the world. Mm. And the only rules that she had were absolutely no luxury items because that would be a sin. Mm -hmm. Nothing that is too sciencey or techy. She didn't want any appliances. Mm -hmm. And absolutely nothing with a barcode because a barcode is the sign of the Antichrist. Ooh, uh, okay. So they had to make sure that anything like that was removed. She would not even talk to someone if they showed up with an item that had a barcode. <gasps> code on it. Wow. Yeah. She left once again to go and visit some family in the late 90s, hated it even more this time. Yeah. She saw the progress that had happened in just a couple of years and really thought, okay, the apocalypse has to come at some point yeah. now. Um, she heard about people living out and proud as homosexuals, Ooh, uh -oh. not good, pop music, Ooh, yeah. just the work of the devil. Um, she really truly believed any day now this is all going to come crumbling yeah. down. All of these things out there in the world, they're all signs that the apocalypse is coming. So retreated back to her cabin and swore that she was never going to leave again. 1997, Yerify, the sex pest, moves to live just 100 metres down the river from her. He built the himself a original house. one. Yes, one of the geologists, the geologists who first started going there in 1979. He had a family and he decided, you know what, I actually would prefer to go and live like the Lykovs. And so, yes. She doesn't want you. He just decided that it was his right to go and live wherever it is that he wanted to live. He oh. saw it as him helping her, but shortly after he got there, he had to have one of his legs amputated. Mm. So he just became a massive liability yes. and she had to look after him. Of course him. she did. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Feminist rage! <laughs> they end up in the most awful codependent existence with each other. They're total frenemies. <sighs> she became his spiritual guide because she baptised him and indoctrinated yeah. him into the old believer faith, um, while at the same time trying to rebuff his sexual advances, which kept coming. Well, hopefully the one leg slowed him down a bit. It did, yeah. yeah. But um, when she got really ill, that meant that she was oh, then a captive victim no. that he could take advantage of. He tried to blackmail her into marrying him at one point because he decided he wanted, I mean, he's had this crush on her for a very long yeah. time. He decided that he wanted to live with her as his wife. And so he blackmailed her by telling her, I will send a letter to tell them to come and arrest you for these crimes that you've allegedly committed. 
Who is this guy? The fear of God into her trying to convince her to marry him. And again, that then caused her to go in some big downward spiral and she could have probably just disappeared to get away from him. But she was really connected to him because he felt like family and he Mm. was something Mm. that had been a constant in her life from 1979. So we're talking 20 years. He was her closest friend. Mm. Plus, in a way, he kind of helped to make her life a bit easier because he was willing to have a satellite phone and a radio in his dwelling. Oh, so he has it. That's right. She technically doesn't. So when she wants something, he can radio for it. That's a nice little technicality. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was using him to get the rest of the world to send her all of the supplies that she needed, Mm. which (laughs) included 20 cats. She ended up with a collection of 20 (laughs) cats living alone in the wilderness. Hey, live your life your way. What a dream. More and more reporters and documentarians started coming because it is just such an extreme story and it is really good. Clickbait wasn't really a thing yet at this point. Good headlines. Yeah. Whenever any reporters would come, Agafia would find a way to put them to work. So that was the trade-off. <laughs> if you're going to come and film me, interview yeah. me, um, as much as she hated the cameras because they were sinful pieces of yeah. science, she loves a close-up and <gasps> she's so good on camera. Like, she performs. Oh, my God, I can't wait to go and watch footage of yeah. her. <gasps> I'll wow. post a couple of links. Um, she's actually very How charismatic on camera. old is she at this point? 60s? Yep. So she... She's older than her mum ever was, is she? Yes. Wow. Mm. But, yeah, anyone who came and got this footage of her, they had to work for it. Yeah, so she would good. get them farming. She would get them chopping firewood. F yeah, Garth, um, yeah. Yeah, it's the only way you're going to survive. Yeah. 2012 was when she realised, I can't go on like this any longer. It's just too difficult an existence. I need someone to come and help me. And so she used the reporters to help amplify the message, I need someone to come and live with me. Where's one-legged... Willie, what's his name? Yarifi. They need. She needs someone to help her look after. Oh, so Yarifi. he's still there. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. In her plea to the world, she's saying, "I'm an orphan. I'm not well. I have a huge tumor on my breast, does which she? she does. Yeah, it's benign, but, but it's, it's very uncomfortable, yeah. and it's continuing to grow. Um, she refused to have surgery to have it removed. She said the person doesn't need to be an old believer. I'll baptize you. I'll teach you everything, but still, no takers. Unsurprisingly, yeah. however a university decided that they were going to start sending students out to look after mm. her for 10 days every year. So at the beginning of spring, these kids who get the benefit of getting some really great shots for their social media yeah. profiles and the cred that they got to go and work with Agafia, they would go and chop the firewood and um, harvest up all the vegetables and stuff and just set her up to be comfortable for the winter. And so what is this around 20... 20- That's 2012 12. that they started doing that. Wow. Yeah. Then... That sort of helped to improve her existence, make it a whole lot easier for her. A couple of years later, it became even easier when Yerefi finally died. Yeah, piss off, good. And then after Yerefi died, finally another old believer said, I'll come and I'll live with you. He was a man in his 50s. Mm. His name was Georgie. He doesn't seem to have done any sort of inappropriate sexual misconduct towards her. However, they did not get along. Because, as you can imagine, she's a bit set in her ways. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And she demands full obedience. She demands adhering to her version of the old believer Mm -hmm. religion. Um, And so they really did kind of clash, but Mm -hmm. they found a way to make it work for a few years living together. I love how men are so terrible. We're like, but you know what? 
He didn't try to sexually attack her, so <laughs> he's a keeper. He's the hero of the story. <laughs> right? Oh. Uh, 2016, she had to be airlifted to hospital because pretty much all the cartilage in her legs was just giving up <gasps> at this point because, you know, she's been working hard all day, and so every she, day, and she's in her 70s. She finally agreed. She went. Well, the world thought, okay, there's no way she's going to go back to live as a hermit once yeah. again. But she insisted. Yeah. I mean, okay. this was her brand. She yeah. was Agafia the Hermit. This was the only life that she had ever known. So even though people were saying to her, look how comfortable it is mm. here when you're in a hospital. Don't you enjoy the yes. central heating that we have? And don't you enjoy the running water that's She's available to you? a nice little apartment. Mm. Watch the prices right at four o'clock. Mm. Make some, what do they call that soup? Borscht. <laughs> and Go to bed by six. Yeah. In a warm house. That's Wouldn't not that for her. No, that's not her. No. Either. And she said, I need to get back to Georgie. I need to get back to my 20 cats mm. and my goats and my dogs. Um, so back home she went and pretty much as soon as she got back, <laughs> Georgie left. He just decided oh, he couldn't okay. take it anymore. Yeah. So then she was back to being on her own. Uh, one of her cousins moved a bit closer to her so that they could pop in and check on her from a time to time. A bit closer in Siberia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a few days away. Yeah. The government then were trying really hard to get her to come and stay away from where she was living mm. at least just when they fire their rockets because she this entire time has actually been living in constant peril of like bits of rockets <laughs> falling on her and crushing her to death. And when you watch these documentaries, you will see that like she takes people on tours of all the artefacts that have fallen out of the sky yeah, because wow. she is right in the launch path of where the Russians boom their rockets into space. Anyway, she basically was like, I've managed to live this long without yeah. getting taken out by a piece of rocket debris, so I'm fine, thanks. I'm yeah. not leaving this place ever again. Then 2020 happened. So this is, I think, when I read about it. Mm -hmm. And tell me if I'm wrong, but what I remember reading, and I think it's about her, is that she lives in this house, this shack, mm. and it's falling apart and so they came up with this system where they were going to completely rebuild a mm -hmm. new one of stronger materials, but exactly the same the way she likes it. Yep. Is that what's happening? I'll tell you the thing that happened before that, what you're describing, that was announced in November. So oh, one of the richest recently. men in Russia yes. said, okay, we nearly lost Agafia and we need to do everything that we can to protect oh my God, this okay, tell me, national tell me, tell me. treasure that we have. So... 2020, they decided we must not tell Agafia about the pandemic. She's fine where she is. She will panic and just assume that this is finally the apocalypse happening if we tell her about the pandemic going yes, on. Okay. She was required by this time to have a satellite phone in her home so that she can have regular check-ins with the government and just reassure them that she's fine and also tell them what it is that she needs. Like, she is well catered to. Yeah, as I was just about to say, as an aside, it's quite sweet the way mm. the whole country's looking out for her and taking care of her and... That's really nice. People adore her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she's such an old menace, but yeah. <laughs> so many people just look up to her because of the fact that she's lived her life on her own terms. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. So she's, they don't want her to know. They're like, keep that, yeah. the so, pandemic on the DL. Shush. Yeah. So all the students who went to help her at the beginning of spring were told you must not tell her anything. They were all tested and mm -hmm. had to go into quarantine to make sure they wouldn't take anything in that they could transmit to yeah. Agafia. 
So all of that protocol was followed. Then you can imagine how horrified the world was when in June, a Russian influencer chartered a helicopter and booked a camera crew to go with <laughs> to go and visit Agafia where she wore absolutely no PPE. She kept hugging Agafia and then obviously posting it all on her socials. So the whole world was on the edge of their seats, terrified that Agafia, and the irony that it is Agafia, the most isolated woman in the world, could potentially die of COVID-19. Because of an Because of this influencer, yes. Influencers. (laughs) And this woman... Oh, you would hate her so much. The reason that she is famous is because she came up with a special diet that made her lose 40 kilos in the space of a couple of weeks. No, you didn't. That's how she developed her following. Yeah, okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You you, you came up with a way to monetize your eating disorder, but sure. This influence is the worst because she refused to get COVID tested. I mean, they told her you will need to go and get tested twice. Yeah. And she just flatly refused. Um, she won't apologise. She said Agafia was really happy to see me and she was as welcoming to me as she is to any guest. Yeah. I don't know if she's actually paid the fine that she was given, but she doesn't seem to have had any other major consequences. Anyway, Agafia was fine. She obviously did not develop okay. coronavirus. But that was the scare that made the Russian billionaire think, okay, we've got to do something to protect her more. And so he announced that he was going to have a house built for her um, that would be well, what's the word I'm looking for? Insulated. Insulated, Yes. Um, And a heck of a lot more comfortable than the one that she's in right now. But yeah, she did get to work with them on the specs. So yeah, this is the cute story that I read. Like they were basically building a very wealthy version. It was kind of like glamping. Mm. Like it, it was a it was a nicer version of what her life had been. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still under construction. Oh, it is. Moment. Yeah. Okay. They obviously had to hit pause over winter, which yeah. they're still in at the moment and, and also then, the holiday season. Yeah, I also remember it said like um all the builders had to be tested, all that like it mm-hmm. PPE had to be worn. It was very like yeah. strict operation yeah. protect Agafia at all costs. I don't know if they've told her about the pandemic now or not mm. because they were trying so hard to keep it from her. Um, so if I find out the answer to that, I will absolutely let you know. Were they, where was the new and improved shack being built? Oh, right next, right next, door. next to it. Yeah. It was just that that one's falling apart. So she needs a good one yep. right there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, you can actually put into Google Maps. Um, like of family settlement Get and you out. can see a satellite <gasps> photo of oh. yeah the place that she has been living her entire life I'm so which into this this year she's turning 77 um yeah so where are we at now is that it she's just waiting for a she's got Yerefi's son living with her now oh yes Yerefi, go away <laughs> Yerefi's dead but his son I'm is sorry, looking after her it's, Izzy, though, or is she looking after him? (laughs) Because I just feel like Yerefi has just stuck his claws in and will not go away. The son's just living there temporarily to help her get through the winter. The son has actually been really good. If anything, he's been trying to redeem for some of the problematic things that his father did. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, she's 
only two years older than Cher. Cher. She believes that the year is 7,523 because we started counting from the day that God created Adam. Um, And according to her calculations, the apocalypse should be here any day now. Any day. And she believes that it is well-deserved and she's looking forward to when she's going to be able to be reunited with her family in good health. Any day now. Any day now. Yeah, but, you know, she's definitely one of the strongest people that's ever existed on this planet physically and mentally. Um, And really, like I said, strangely charismatic when you watch her on film and you see her little teeth that look like sultanas and the enormous, I'm talking the tumour on her breast is the size of a human head. Why wouldn't she, like, when she went to the hospital for her legs, just say, just snip that off? I don't know if she's got a problem with surgery. Might be something that's in the Old Testament that you're not allowed to do that sort of thing. She's still going. Still kicking. Yep. So I'll continue to provide updates. Yeah, I can't wait for her to move into her glamping cabin. Yes. The billionaire's building. I'm sure there'll be quite a ceremony. I wonder if they'll just secretly have central heating in there and not tell her. Like, just all that kind of stuff. They're just going to kind of trick her into being slightly more comfortable. Well, they seem to have done that bit by bit by bit by bit. Like, when you see her now, she's wearing rubber gumboots, (gasps) whereas once upon a time she was wearing bark bark on her feet. So she's gradually, you know, a adapted. And keep in mind as well, she has had dozens of university students camping in her front lawn for 10 days every single year. Like she's really starting to get more and more and more exposure to this outside world that she hates so much. She's going to be like a TikTok star. She'll be on TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. That is nuts. Yes. I wonder how long she'll live. It's anyone's guess, but I mean, she's surprisingly healthy. Great, it's benign, but it's still, you know. Mm. But I mean, if if a disease hasn't got her yet, I'm pretty sure she's inoculated. Because the amount of people who've been visiting her, her immune system, I actually think, is remarkably strong. I mean, they talk in one of the documentaries about the fact that she's been tested to see why doesn't she have Lyme disease or encephalitis because there are ticks everywhere in the area that she lives. She's been bitten so many times that she's developed immunity to it. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, the fact she's been so active her entire Mm. life and also the fact that she does exactly what they say you should do, which is practice a whole lot of mindfulness through prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, like she seems to be in pretty good Nick and she's got, you know, a lot of people who are doing everything that they can to make sure that she stays as healthy as possible for as long as possible. And Hey man, Prince Philip, he's, he's you know, a walking corpse. Oh, yeah, he's still so got two decades on her. Yeah. And, yeah, so she could keep going and going and going, mm-hmm. although he might cock it this week. It doesn't look good. Oh, really? He's in hospital. Oh. Yeah. He went to hospital the other day, and he goes to hospital all the time because, mm. like I said, he's a walking corpse. But this time they photographed Prince Charles going to visit him, and when he left he was crying. Oh, that's sad. I know. I'm going to do an episode on Prince Philip. I actually think his history is really Because his whole family were effing Nazis. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm. or married to Nazis, or it's a whole to-do. But um, she could go on for a long time. Yeah. I mean, my grandpa was 100 when he died last year. Mm -hmm. And what is she, 70? I mean, I'm expecting, she's 77. 77. I'm expecting Cher's going to be around for at least another 50 years. And um, (laughs) Agafi is only a little bit older than her. So, yeah. Wow. 
Mm. That was really good. Thanks. I'm so into that. Yeah. I'm going to go and just look and read and do, like, you know when you love a show that you're watching and then it ends and you don't want it to be over, so you go and Google every single thing about it? Yeah. That's, like, me with this Mm -hmm. story. Yeah, it's fascinating. Some of the videos are quite inscrutable because they have taken a Russian language documentary and then they've used Google Translate to translate it to English and then just got a bot to recite it it. to you. So that's a little bit difficult. um, But even just looking at the footage of her is fantastic, especially when you consider that she hates technology so much. She hates the television, but then the way that she hams it up on camera. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. I love her. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I mean, we give you just the gist, but if you want more, we'll put all your stuff in the show notes. And as always, yes, as always. um, Yeah. Follow us places. We're bad at this part. Yeah, we. Just the gist podcast uh, on Instagram. Yes. Um, Email us your suggestions. Just the gist podcast at gmail.com. Do that like and subscribe thing, which we're told is important, but we don't understand why. (laughs) And that's it. That is it. Talk next week. Bye. Bye. Listener.